0: Hi, I'm Mike Lester from Farm Equipment Magazine. Welcome to the John Deere Historical Perspective podcast series. In today's episode, we introduce you to Neil Dahlstrom, historian, author, and manager of the John Deere Archives in East Moline, Illinois. The Deere Historical Perspective podcast is brought to you by Osmondson Manufacturing, the Perry, Iowa-based company that began operations in 1903. That's Osmondson Manufacturing, www.osmonson.com. A lifelong student of history, Neal has been working in John Deere's archives for nearly 20 years and continues to find fascination each day in the origins of what became an international juggernaut that all began with a down-on-his-luck blacksmith and a discarded steel saw blade. Today, you'll hear Neal explain how his curiosity for John Deere as a historical figure led him to co-write the book, The John Deere Story, a biography of plowmakers John and Charles Deere, in which he explores the challenges and triumphs faced by John Deere and his fledgling company. My name is
1: Neil Dahlstrom. I'm the manager of corporate archives and history at John Deere. So in that role, I'm responsible for the acquisition, the management of historical records, artifacts, equipment, related to the history of John Deere since its founding in 1837. I've been with Deere uh, nearly 20 years and I've been doing this most of my career. When, when I was a kid, I wanted to be Indiana Jones. And, and so that was my dream in life and that led me to volunteering at museums and archives. I went to Monmouth College in Illinois, um, got an internship in the college archives there and uh, really developed from, from there. And I was fortunate enough to be hired uh, at Deere uh, in the archives. Well, I'd, I'd like to have about six hours to tell the, the, the story of, of John Deere. Is This is a company founded on the innovation of a steel plow. John Deere identified a problem, found a discarded saw blade, saw an opportunity, and did something with it. So he acted on it, he developed it, and really the foundation of the company is still the same company we have today, which is how do you build something for the future? How is it more efficient? Um, how does it provide greater value to customers. Um, How do you take capital that you raise from investors and do the most you can with it, deliver a return to them? So it's this constant cycle of change, of innovation, of technology, and we just see it time and time again with the company. And we can prove it with records in the archives. I started working here in the archives. I stumbled on a couple letters that were written in 1886, which was... um, The last year of John Deere's life, he died in May of 1886. And it got me kind of, first of all, John Deere was a real person to me. I remember learning about him in third grade. He invented the steel plow. Um, Didn't know much after that. So actually seeing a contemporary letter from his nephew written to John Deere's son, Charles, I thought, boy, this is actually a real person. It was kind of a scandalous letter, I thought at the time. Turned out it wasn't. But that got me kind of into the literature, the information, and there really hadn't been a biography of John Deere written since the um, 1940s. And so I just thought there was a big gap there. And for me, I just wanted to learn who he was. I was working for a company that bore his name. I had access to all these materials and I wanted to do something with it. So uh, hopefully, Uh, with the John Deere story, which came out in 2005, we started to fill in some gaps about his life and times, even though we didn't have a lot of material from John Deere himself. We are fortunate that Deere was involved in a lawsuit in the 1870s. It was a trademark lawsuit. Why we're fortunate is there were 33 depositions taken from John Deere customers, from partners, people who knew John Deere. And and they, they said things like, well, we bought John Deere plows because he stood behind his plows. He came to our farm, we shared issues we were having, he went back to Moline, they fixed it, they improved it and came back. So not only were we buying plows from John Deere, but we were buying John Deere's reputation and we were buying John Deere's word. One of the things that I really enjoyed about researching the book is all those peripheral stories. You're introduced to Stephen Veely and Gilpin Moore. You learn about the Grange. You learn about the evolution of farm equipment in the 19th century and into the early 20th century where you start to see the advent of of power farming under Charles Deere. So it's really a, a history of the farm equipment industry of the United States wrapped around two generations of, of deers. There's kind of all these surprises along the, the way when you're doing research. And, you know, there's always this this kind of ebb and flow. Manufacturers are trying to accomplish something. Customers are trying to accomplish something. The labor force is trying to, to accomplish something. Then you have just kind of the context of what's going on in the country. You know, presidential elections and labor movements and all these things going on. So just kind of the dynamics of that that it's not a process where you're done. And I think that's kind of the big lesson. You, you solve the issue in front of you, you try to kind of design something for the future, but the context changes. Well, one of the things that really stood out for me at Deere, especially was the amount of diversity in the factories, that you had employees from Poland, from Sweden, from Germany, um, from Belgium, from Russia, from the Southern United States, folks who grew up in in the Moline area. And so if you walk through a John Deere factory in the 1870s or even in the 1910s, English was not the predominant language. And so how do you make all of this work where there's 20 different languages being spoken uh, in, in, in your factory and different groups of people had different skill sets, they brought different customs with them, so it's a completely different culture. So how do you make all of those things work? which I just thought was was really a, a fascinating perspective that I hadn't really thought about before. And, and so I started to think about John Deere's world in terms of emerging markets and diversity, which is not something that I really naturally came to when I was thinking about the mid to late 19th century. My job is a lot of variety and it changes from, from day to day. But at the end of the day, my job is to preserve the history of John Deere and to make it accessible. So that means We've got all these boxes of records and photos and films and all this material. Doesn't do anybody any good if it sits in a box on a shelf and no one has access to it. So how do we acquire the right materials? How do we provide accessibility through digitization, through finding aids, through collections catalogs? How can we retrieve the information? How can we interpret it and do something with that knowledge? It costs a lot of money to relearn things that you already know. So part of our job is to help make John Deere more efficient so we don't have to relearn all the lessons that we already learned. And so we're very much interpreters of history and that includes putting history in the right hands of people who are working at John Deere, working on the next thing. History is not about just collecting old records and old information. It's about how do you use it so that you can work on on the next thing so that you can continue to learn. Moving forward, everything's different but we can look to lessons of the past and say, well, we did it this way and that was effective, or we did it that way and maybe it wasn't effective. So how can we amass all this information, our collective knowledge over the last 180 plus years and use that as a
0: foundation for what's happening next? And that's really what history is all about. Thanks to Neil for his insights and perspective on the history of John Deere and also to Osmondson Manufacturing supporting these stories. Visit them at www.osmundson.com. Tune in next time to hear Neil share how John Deere overcame early hardships and how his innovations changed the face of the ag industry as we know it. Until next time, this has been Mike Lesser of Farm Equipment, signing out on the John Deere Historical Perspective Podcast.